talking about something that affects so many people, but that nobody wants to talk about. Pornography. Speaking to individuals trying to stop looking at porn, and to spouses looking for support. This is Danny and Lindsay Pullman, a married couple who have been through this together. We're sharing a mix of our personal experiences, our experience as certified life coaches, and other empowering ideas. We hope this can help you on your journey. Enjoy! Hey everybody! Hello! We're talking to you about a sneak peek into something that Lindsay shared with her clients in a group coaching call on emotional abuse. And the reason we're doing this is because uh, this is something that different people have different opinions on, and um, the goal isn't here to give you answers for your specific situation because it's going to vary from situation to situation depending on the person. And the goal here is more to have a useful discussion where you're going to gain some more awareness of things that might be useful to be aware of, and then you'll be that much more empowered to make decisions for what you want for you and your life experience, your marriage experience. Yeah? Yeah. So what do you have for us to start out, Lens? Yeah, so the reason I wanted to discuss this with my clients is because we have these amazing tools that we teach. We, I call it the model that we teach our clients. And we want to use it in a way that serves us. And I've found that um, the more understanding we have around the model and around just different topics, the more we can use the model to work for us and not against us. Okay. So like Danny was saying, you know, every marriage is its own unique container with a complete unique set of experiences. And, you know, on top of that, within each marriage container, which is just a marriage, I'm just, container is just kind of a fancy word for you to kind of visualize like how it really, your marriage really is yours. Um, We're, as humans, we bring our own learned belief systems into our marriage. And sometimes those beliefs are reinforced within the container, but we also may generate new beliefs based on our new experiences within our marriage container. So this work is, you know, this is something I'm, I'm still evolving in, in how I understand everything. So, I, you know, as we're speaking today, I want you to just approach what we say with curiosity. And if anything feels tr- triggering to you, just, you know, ask yourself in a compassionate way, like, why? Right? Why? And part of that might be because, you know, there's something for you to learn, but part of it might be because it may not apply, you know, something we offer here may not apply to you because you are in a completely different marriage container, okay? So just approach this if you want with some compassionate curiosity. And if you have questions, always, you can always reach out to me or Danny via email. And I think our emails are usually in the show notes. Yes. So my goal for you lovely women here today and men who it applies to is to have some understanding and validation about you know, around why you may not love certain behaviors that your husbands exhibit or certain things that they say. And then we want to take that knowledge and understanding to apply it to our unique experience so that we can move forward and set appropriate boundaries. And generally that comes from deepening. It comes most easily when we can deepen our self-concept. So we won't be able to go way into the deepening of self-concept today. That's something I do, you know, with with my clients in a more in-depth way, but I, I'll explain a little bit more as I get there. And I would just shout out to the guys that this for sure applies to you too. 
and even though this comes from Lindsay prepped this for a group of women she is working with right so mm -hmm. if you hear her speaking kind of more in that way that's why but um, that doesn't mean that it can't apply to you just as much for sure yeah I think a lot of a lot anything I'm offering here like you you know you can definitely apply it to your situation whether it's within the realm of your marital relationship or any other relationships that you're having in your life so the first thing I want to do is tease out two um, two ideas we have like behaviors that we exhibit in a marriage and then we have like attitudes behind our behaviors okay so the behavior if we talk about the model um, the behavior is like the A line, the action line of the model. It's usually the things we do or the things that we say. And so for my clients, it might be a circumstance. Our husband's behavior can become a circumstance. It can become something that we observe and then we have a thought about it and then we have a feeling about it, okay? So there's the behaviors that people exhibit and then there's the attitude. And the attitude is more the belief system behind the things that we do. Okay, so for example, let's say that like, you know, a friend of mine or a colleague of mine said, you know, fights about m money in a marriage, they're never about money. It's usually about something else, right? So, you know, let's say that like you're having a fight about money and like maybe the wife wants to buy something and the husband doesn't want her to and she feels like she, she wants to, he doesn't want her to. And let's just say that the husband says something like, well, I earned this money so I have the final say and you're not going to go buy that thing okay so like some people like if you get really really technical like well actually I'm not gonna go there yet so the behavior here is what he said I earned it so I have the final say and you're not buying the thing the attitude behind it is like you know you might just want to ask yourself where is this coming from okay because he could be thinking I'm the man of the house, I get to choose, she's a woman, she didn't earn it, like it's, it is my money, right? He could be thinking something like that, like who is she to think that she could spend my money? But the attitude behind it could also be something like, I'm so scared, we're gonna lose all our money, and I wanna do everything I can to protect the money. Yeah. So can you, can you kind of see the difference there in tone? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the words are the same, but the attitude behind it is so key and can be so helpful for us as women or men to understand when we hear certain words because it can give us more insight into, you know, basically just like people's general approaches or how they feel about, you know, where they stand in relationships. Is there anything you want to say? Uh, I mean, I think it's just, you know, basically putting yourself in someone else's shoes for a minute. It's always a helpful thing to consider in conflicts and relationships, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think- But it can, I like how you explained it. It's, it's a great way to break it down. Well, and I think it can be helpful to, you know, if you, if your husband is looking at porn and we're only focused on the behavior of him looking at porn, then we might, you know, think, you know, if we aren't paying attention to the attitude behind it, and we're just obsessing about the behavior, then I think sometimes we don't see the pro, like we're not, I feel like it's just less open. It's a more constricted space where we're not open to, hey, like he's trying, hey, he's been open with me about this. Hey, there has been trust here. You know, there's, there's that, but when we just focus on the 
behavior without anything else, you know, and you know, from, from maybe some women, it might be how often he's looking, how often he's not looking. I just want to offer this idea. And this kind of goes back to our last podcast. That's why we were saying, you know, sometimes it can make sense to just stop paying attention to the behavior for a little bit and notice the attitude behind the behavior. You know, and I think in the long run, when we both do that with ourselves and afford ourselves the the space to do that individually, I think ultimately, like in the long run, the behavior does come through. Like that change in behavior does come through, right? Like when you stopped, when you were stopping looking at porn in the begin, did you have to stop? Um, did you have to stop paying attention and like like really monitoring like and tracking? How, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Like, so when you stopped looking at porn, Danny, mm-hmm. you know, you would have what people call relapses. But ultimately, like when you focus less on the behavior and you did the self-coaching and the work that you now teach your clients, like the behavior at the end of the day, like you don't look at porn. Yeah, I mean, so, it's kind of like it ends up just kind of being a symptom it's like a side of effect underlying or, yeah. patterns going on in your brain, right? And it's, it's uh, so that's one of the first things that I do with clients, right? They hire me for help with porn, but then we start talking about how it has nothing to do with the porn. (laughs) Yeah. It's like we're getting to the root of what we're thinking that's driving the behavior. And so when we're, and so I think when we're focused solely on behavior and not the attitudes, like just for you women, it doesn't mean that it's never an indicator. It's never the indicator anymore. It's just an indicator that might shift over time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So what constitutes abusive behavior? There's a lot of different de- definitions. And I I feel like with everything that I, all the research that I came up with, I think, you know, what I would want to say is pro- <coughs> prolonged devaluing or discounting of one's human experience. Like consistent prolonged devaluing or discounting of one's human experience. So one definition says... Emotional abuse is a way to control another person by using emotions to criticize, embarrass, shame, blame, or otherwise manipulate another person. In general, a relationship is emotionally abusive when there is a consistent pattern of abusive words and bullying behaviors that wear down a person's self-esteem and undermine their mental health. Okay? So this could look like a lot of consistent, you know, maybe unrealistic expectations, invalidation, creating chaos, you know, superiority, controlling and isolating, accusing, blaming, denial, emotional neglect and isolation. So those are kind of like maybe some attitudes or things like that that we might kind of like look for. But the interesting thing too is like I could probably find an example of a behavior where I have maybe done almost every single one of these things at some point in my life, right? And so, like, in within the yeah, realm of my too. marriage, so... Or parenting. <laughs> <laughs> gosh. Yeah, so, so like, the th- like, pay attention to, like, you know, yes, those are kind of the attitudes, and yes, maybe here and there, like, we have exhibited these behaviors, and, and we'll give you some examples, don't worry. Um, But it doesn't mean if you exhibit these behaviors, you are an abuser. And if you exhibit these behaviors, it doesn't mean that, like, 
that you are in an emotionally abusive relationship or you are you know contributing to that it just may mean that you're a human and what matters more is not what you're doing but what your attitude is behind it because sometimes we might accuse and blame for some reason and it may just be some protective thing and I you know like we're just scared about something and we're not we just don't see that yet and so that's why just kind of seeing what's behind <coughs> it can be so much more can bring so much clarity to whatever you're experiencing yeah and, and sometimes they're just patterns that we've learned through our life experience so far from society from culture from our own families right that before you even realize you're doing it you find yourself doing it mm -hmm. and then once you're more aware you're like oh i have some power to change things here right yeah so and i remember uh, just to add in here and maybe you're gonna get to this too but i remember just uh, like sometimes talking about being abused by someone can become very disempowering the way that we talk about it right and i remember going through this myself and um with some things i was working through and not necessarily with Lindsay, um but i i remember the first time i heard about manipulation in a new way because <laughs> i used to like worry that i was going to be manipulated um and that people would be able to manipulate me and then i heard that you can only be manipulated as much as you let someone manipulate you. I remember the first time I heard that. And even though on the one hand it's like, oh, so then I'm partly responsible for any times I've felt manipulated, even though I didn't really love all that responsibility, mm -hmm. the more I, I claimed that, the more empowered I became to interact uh, in in ways that were more helpful for me in my life experience, right? And um, it's different for kids, right? Kids aren't as responsible mm -hmm. for their own brains and what's going on. But once we're adults, we really can only be manipulated as far as we let someone. But then that's where a discussion like this becomes really helpful because sometimes we're in these patterns where we don't even realize maybe how much we are allowing ourselves to be manipulated. Mm -hmm. And so if you can start just being aware of some of these things and without just jumping to blaming and calling people abusers, but like, like Lindsay said, trying to just gain understanding, what are the attitudes behind it on both sides? You can start gaining all sorts of power to uh, improve your relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Danny's, with what Danny's saying. And I also uh, just want to make it very clear that if you are in what may be described by, by a professional therapist as like a very emotional, abusive relationship, like it, this definition of being like manipulated, it may not serve you to think that it was or is within your power just because you're technically an adult or anything like that. So if it serves you to think about it in the way that Danny's saying it, um, then yes, like take that on and think about that. And if you're just feeling more confused, it may just be worth reaching out to a professional so that you can get more clarity on what you're, what's going on in your relationship. Yeah, and I think maybe I'll just add to relate to that note that for me, earlier on in the process, just being willing to acknowledge that there was some abuse right with my own experience not in my marriage um 
that there was some abuse and like just validating that without taking that on um was a very important part of my healing process yeah. right so going through that first was yeah. necessary for me before I could start being like okay now I'm ready to like shake things loose a bit and shake it up and gain more power and Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, there's a process to it. And let it be a process. Yeah, there's definitely a process to it. And I think, again, like that first step is really important because if as long as you're judging yourself for anything, you're not creating space for yourself to heal and move forward. And so, you know, sit there as long as you feel like you need to sit there. And if you're stuck in that spot, reach out for professional help so you can get unstuck with with someone someone can help you do that in a way so that it you're actually moving in the direction you want to go and not going in circles because I definitely went in circles a little bit um when I was trying to figure out and again I'm not talking about my emotional abuse but just my own feeling of being a victim and things like that and having a professional like with different eyes on your brain can be so helpful so here are some examples of, you know, what could constitute emotional abuse. And again, I'm just going to be very clear. These are things that a lot of us are probably exhibit. These are behaviors a lot of us are exhibiting or doing in our marriages. It doesn't mean that we are an abuser, but I just, the reason I want to throw out these examples, you guys, is because sometimes when we hear things as women or men, we try to, we discount our experience and we just think there's something wrong with us. Like, oh, he says it and I don't like it, but that's because of me. There's something wrong with me. Or, you know, that's just how men are or whatever. So I'm just going to list out some examples so that if there are things that your husband is saying in your marriage or if there are things that your wife is saying to you in a marriage, you can be like, yeah, okay, like this over a prolonged period of time could constitute that. And that's why even though in my experience this isn't prolonged, it still makes sense that I don't love hearing these things. Does that make sense? All right, so, all right, so lectures, you know, someone belaboring your your errors with long monologues, like, and things like that, like just someone always pointing out your mistakes, making it clear that like you are beneath them might not feel good with long monologues <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because i actually thought of someone i know with the long monologue thing i was like oh yep goes. all right so someone pushing your buttons once they know something that annoys you they'll bring it up or you know every time they every chance they get they'll like bring it up okay um you know like when i used to play foosball with danny he knew where to, right where to push my buttons <laughs> a little bit of trash talking it's <laughs> It's an unfortunate <laughs> gift that I have. <laughs> knows right, like what to say at just the right time to get him get in my head. <laughs> I've had to rein that in at times for yeah. sure. <laughs> so I just had to put up a boundary of never playing foosball with you. I'm just kidding. Uh, All right, sarcasm, sarcasm. I can't even talk. Sarcasm. So digs in disguise, in, and if you object, they're like, "Hey, I'm just teasing you. Don't take it so seriously." You know, what if you just don't have to like someone's sarcasm around certain subjects? That's okay, right? Dismissiveness. So you might tell someone about something that's important to you and that you may not, may or may not like them to say, and they try to tell you, oh, it's nothing, right? The eye rolling, the smirking, the head shaking, the sighing, 
you know, pay attention to that. It's so funny because when I was um, doing my own research, the eye rolling, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> do that. And I was like, wait, did Lindsay abuse me when she rolled her eyes all those times? <laughs> but can you see how? I don't the con- feel like you did. I was just, I know. Just kind of, I know. while you read through these, it's kind of, yeah, it can be funny. But can you see how, like, the continued prolonged dismissiveness over someone trying to share something with you that's really important can have an effect over time like it could have an effect and so I think it can be helpful to just be like oh this is why I don't like it and it's okay it's okay that you don't like the eye rolls you don't have to blame yourself yeah and if you don't know how to a lot of us don't know how to stand up for ourselves in these ways yet, mm-hmm. right? No matter how tough or strong or smart you are, like there might be some ways where you're not aware of an area where maybe you could have your own back a bit more, mm-hmm. right? And maybe you just don't know how to. And so that's where that that dance, you know, where there's the person uh, doing the behavior and then there's a the person kind of taking it, mm-hmm. right? it, it kind of fits, right? Mm-hmm. It can be like two puzzle pieces fitting together. And I remember hearing someone say that you only let people treat you as badly as you treat yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But then once they cross that line, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> I know I'd call myself a turd, but I wouldn't call myself an a-hole, right? You've crossed the line, like whatever it is, you know? But some of yeah. us would will put up with quite a bit of bad treatment partly because of how badly we are willing to treat ourselves. Right, and that ties into what we'll bring up at the end with the deepening of self-concept, but it's such a good thing to keep in mind. So using guilt, right? You owe me this, look at what I've done. Like that over time, again. Um, trivializing, when you want to talk about hurt feelings, you know, you might get accused of <coughs> overreacting and ma- making mountains out of molehills. Danny's got allergies over here, you guys. Yes, so. I do. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> All right. Um, saying you have no sense of humor, right? Maybe some, maybe your spouse makes personal jokes about you all the time, telling you like you're a prude or this, and then if you object and tell them you don't like it, they're like, just lighten up, okay? Getting blamed for problems. Um, you know, when something goes wrong in your spouse's life, they're saying, well, you're not supportive enough, you didn't do enough, you stuck your nose in where it didn't belong, you know just pay attention to stuff like that shutting down communication okay someone ignoring your attempts in conversation by person text or phone dehumanizing you looking away when you talk or stare at something else when they speak to you tuning you out so can you see how like we have probably all done these little things at one point but it could just be a pay- it could be helpful to just keep paying attention like so for me what's going on here um interrupting indifference disputing your feelings okay so fyi whatever you feel you get to feel that and someone might say that you're wrong to feel a certain way or that's not what you feel at all but guess what they don't know what's in your brain what's in your body you do okay anything else you want to offer there Hmm, i would just say from personal experience that when people are telling you messages like no that just that isn't true or that doesn't count Mm -hmm. but I know (laughs) that it does and it matters to me I mean if I buy into that same story like oh no maybe it isn't a big deal Mm -hmm. I mean that that can be a stopper of healing 
a really lonely space to be in, a big burden to carry. Yeah. Um, and my heart just goes out for anyone else who's uh, experienced that in that way. Mm-hmm. And, but then I would just say, too, like, one of the best things I did that enabled my healing was just to be willing to honor my feelings yeah. <laughs> on that type of thing. And even if it sounded off or crazy to some other people, just to, like, begin to honor that was a, a crucial, crucial step. That I could not skip over that yeah. in my healing. Yeah, and I would say, you know, a quick way to kind of check in. I mean, we, we teach a lot of this stuff <clears throat> in coaching, but a, a quick check-in for you could be, you know, if you are expressing something like that, and then someone tries to discount or dismiss what you're feeling, if you, like, if you start questioning it, like, oh, maybe I was over the top or maybe I was overreacting, if your body, like, starts kind of closing off, like, you check in with your body because mm-hmm. your body yeah. will let you know, like, it is so smart. And, like, it, the more you're connected with your body, the more you can, like, validate your experience, right? <clears throat> so with Danny, when he started talking about, you know, speaking out a little bit about being sexually abused, you know, there were people that pushed back. And when he would start questioning and wondering, like, your body would respond. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I got into, no, it's, I'm making too big a deal out of something that wasn't that important, right? Mm-hmm. I would feel just terrible. My body would start shutting down. I didn't realize it at first. It took me yeah. a while to catch on to this. But yeah. once I did, um, and I even today I can find myself sometimes drifting back into like, I uh, shouldn't have talked about that stuff, you know, yeah. it caused all this trouble. And But even today, even with all my awareness now, it takes me a minute to realize, oh, wait, that's why I'm feeling so terrible because I'm kind of going back into that mode. Mm-hmm. And but the more that I do, just be aware and check in, the yeah. more I can recognize. And yeah, my my body has been my guide many times. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, because a lot of times with our with our abuse, we don't always have words. We don't always have words. Like even though we're adults, we still don't always have words to put together what's going on. And so that's why our body can be such a good guide. You might walk away from a conversation where you do discuss something, you know personal or vulnerable with your spouse and you know if you check in with your body you just feel like open and you know relieved or whatever right and if you walk away from a a conversation with your spouse or you know someone else where you're sharing something and it's just you feel tight and anxious and um, maybe constricted it could be worth being like like trust like tapping into your body and trusting like okay what is it am I missing something is there something else you know, and that's why I think sometimes getting a third set of eyes on, you know, a second set of eyes or a third set of eyes on what you're experiencing can be so impactful so that you can get more clarity and not feel as confused. Yeah. I remember too wanting that support to come from someone else because mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it myself. Yeah. And, but then, and you know, with this type of stuff, that might be your initial reaction sometimes. Well, I need this person to change how they talk to me then, right? And sure, there, there are times where, you know, you might want to speak up and say something or, or just leave the room if you don't want to be talked to that way or whatever, right? Um, but then I also um, 
at a certain point had to acknowledge that okay no matter how much other people support me and validate and whatever believe Mm -hmm. like I still have to do that for myself at some point and there's no skipping over that part either you know what I mean um and so when it does come to you kind of becoming more aware of this stuff there will be things that you think of that you want the people around you to change and that's fine and you'll but the more that you don't skip over what you can do for honoring yourself and having your own back Mm -hmm. in your relationship with yourself I mean the more clarity you're going to have of where to draw those boundaries with other people anyway yeah and I would say like I might be skipping ahead again here no it's okay (laughs) no and I would just say that it can be it can be hard sometimes to like create that for yourself and afford that for yourself in the beginning and that's why again having a professional can be so helpful sure like we would love it to come from our spouses and there you know there are a lot of times where I've worked through things and I've been so grateful for the stability that my spouse has offered you know in my personal growth or with anything I've struggled with also like your spouse doesn't have to be that person for you you can find that person somewhere else and if if some of this stuff is going on with within the realm of your marital container your relationship with your spouse trying to rely on your spouse to provide that um you know that that wall for you or that that support for you it may just not make sense right now or yet it might make sense to get a set of eyes helping you that's maybe less biased um, that can support you in the best way. Yeah. So just something I want to offer. Yeah, so, that, I mean, it kind of goes hand, hand in hand with, you know, guys who are they're trying to quit porn and they don't like how it affects their wife, their family, or how they feel it affects them. And But they want their wife to be their one point person on porn talk, yeah. right? And, and how sometimes that just isn't a helpful thing and it's just not a good idea in some situations mm-hmm. you know um i would it, say as i would say most situations um maybe not most but for the most part more in often the than not yeah, it's maybe not. better not to have it just be, have her be your one point person yeah <laughs> right? if she's totally neutral but about, it depends if she's totally neutral about porn and doesn't think it's affecting <coughs> anything then um then yeah Maybe it does work, but it doesn't have to be. Like, you don't have to be that person for your spouse. Yeah, I think just knowing that it doesn't have to be, and you get to choose whether mm-hmm. or not that's you that does that for that person. And Yeah, right? and it's vice important. versa. Yeah. So if you have noticed some of this stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is why. This is why I hate that my husband always comments on my you know, how flippant I am or whatever. This is why I hate it because anytime I make this little mistake, he always capitalizes on it, whatever it is. Let's say that there is a specific thing that does happen a lot that you just don't love, okay? It doesn't even have to happen a lot. It can just be something going on that you don't love. Like, you can have a conversation with your spouse about it and you can decide to do it in a way that works for you. And you know what? Using the term emotional abuse, like, that may not be the answer in every conversation so you can just kind of decide how it might work for you Um, but there there are ways to make requests and you know take care of yourself whether your husband is like oh yeah or not and I think the big thing too is like when to pay attention to you know is like 
when there are abusive behaviors in marriage going on where it is like consistent and prolonged, you know, if the husband, if someone is to become aware, let's say they become aware of their behavior and they become aware that it is abusive, what are their attitudes behind it? Is there remorse? Is there someone wanting to, like, is there remorse there? Is there someone wanting to repair what's happened? Or is it more blaming, denial, pushing back, right? And so I think that's where you can kind of start, pay, you can pay attention to what's going on in your marriage so that you can heal or recover or set up and set up boundaries in a way that keeps you safe. That makes sense. Yeah, more clarity, more compassion for yourself yeah. and spouse. Yeah. So, all right. Let's see here. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. So, I already talked about the money, and then yes, I think the recognizing and repairing is really, really important. Once the husband may realize that something has been happening, and that's why maybe getting specific can be helpful. Like when you say these things, um, once he recognizes that it that it could be deemed these things or that you haven't liked it once he recognizes that is there any repairing going on or is it more like of an entitlement like you figure that out right because here we are like with the model where we know that like there's a circumstance and then we have these thoughts about these circumstances and then we feel a certain way but that doesn't mean we just need to like dismiss everything that everyone says and just kind of like tell them like well too bad your thoughts create your feelings, so figure it out, right? Do we want to do that? Or is it like, do we want to recognize and like, you know, create some, you know, some trusting and create some connection there when we notice these things going on? Yeah, and I mean, you can also use the model against yourself, and it doesn't work well when you do this, but this is where a lot of people go, especially at first, is you start taking ownership, like, oh, my feelings come from my thoughts and I'm 100% responsible for my thoughts? Does that mean I'm causing my pain here? And then mm -hmm. you just start judging yourself. <laughs> and it's like, I'm such an idiot for causing all this pain. Or like, why am I being so dumb? Or, you know, like, you, it's you just, and then you just add all this judgment on top. And it's hard to make shifts or new neural pathways in your brain to create the changes that maybe you're looking for it's hard to do that when you're in judgment mode rather than curiosity mode mm -hmm. Curio curiosity fascination compassion uh go such a long way in this work yeah <laughs> for sure they're i think they're essential <laughs> yeah i think so too so a quick example that um like another quick example i know we talked about the money one <coughs> and then again i think with porn you know, when your husband's looking at porn, um, like what is the attitude behind it, right? If, if we're calling it acting out, is it out of control and disrespect for a spouse or is it out of fear, shame, and simply needing to like numb out, right? So just kind of pay attention to where that fits for you, right? Um, I saw this example and I thought it was kind of interesting. There's an example of like a husband, let's say that like a husband is taking pictures of his wife in a bikini and she asks him to stop because she just doesn't like it. And if the husband were to say like, hey, look, I'm your husband. I get to take a picture of you whenever I want. Like, can you see the undercurrent there? The, the undercurrent is more like I'm entitled to treat you this way and you're not allowed to question it. 
and that law that kind of wrongly provides a license for them to do whatever they want whenever they want okay so um, you know they may be internalizing internally justifying their behavior rather than that recognizing and repair okay so why do we want to know this we want to know this again and I talked about this at the beginning because we want to validate ourselves when someone says or does something that we just don't like okay we don't have to like everything that's happening and sometimes we discount ourselves we discount why we don't like things like oh maybe I just don't get it because I'm a woman or maybe I don't get it because like men are just wired that way you know what if it's okay to just not like things that are said or done yeah and it doesn't have to mean your marriage is in jeopardy or that mm-hmm. you're not safe right mm-hmm. it doesn't have to mean those things at all it's more like let's just kind of get real with ourselves here for a second yeah yeah so we I just wanted to offer all those examples so that you can validate yourself um, create that validation for yourself and then again start applying this information to your unique experience so that you can think and decide about any boundaries that you need or want to set and if you're struggling to you know set proper boundaries we have one or two episodes on boundaries that you can take a look at if you're still struggling to set boundaries in a way that serves you it might be because we want like Danny said earlier we want to you might need a little bit of help developing out your self-concept okay because really ultimately and I noticed this with Danny like as he deepened his self-concept and his belief in his own innate worth and lovability there were conversations he wasn't willing to have with me right if I was in a really reactive space uh, you know say I came home really stressed from work was really annoyed that like something some like a bunch of stuff was left out whatever it was like there were times where he was just like and not interested (laughs) Like, not interested in this conversation. Like, if you keep talking to me about this, I'm going to leave the room. Yeah, that's more right? how I said it the second way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but like, not look, interested. <laughs> yeah, Peace sorry. out. No, no, no. no. Sorry. And, but I think that's really helpful. Like, because I was saying, because when we, if you listen to the boundary episode, usually you offer up or set a boundary when it's been crossed, right? So I had said something that crossed a personal boundary for him, and he was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. If you have anything more to say about this, I'm going to leave the room. Right? And then I probably was like, why? Come on. Like, blah, blah, blah. You squirmed a little. Yeah, I didn't like it at the time. I didn't like it. Looking back, I think it's really cool that he did it. But he was able to do that after. (laughs) So you don't have to develop your self-concept and, like, totally believe it, like, 100% in your worth before you can set a boundary. But just know that if you're struggling to set boundaries, it can be helpful to just kind of think about, like, how would my future self respond to this? What would future me think about this situation? I'm so scared to talk about my husband, talk to my husband about this. But, like, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like, what would that version of me remind myself? And sometimes that can just kind of help you pull yourself out of the weeds and get into a space where you're like, oh, well, my future self recognizes that this does matter and I am important and it's okay to say these things even if whether he agrees or doesn't agree yeah it's kind of fun to look back at those memories now through the lens that I see it now compared to like how I used to yeah it's just like I don't know it's just because it's fun now Uh, it just feels like 
that's just such a nice part of our growth as a couple and as individuals. And just to add on to what you said and reinforce, I mean, for me, the I was I think I was slow to set boundaries, and they started happening just naturally. The more that I yeah developed my self concept, as you put it started realizing you know i decided i'm going to treat myself this way now in my self-talk and Mm -hmm. self-belief and then i just sort of it's almost like i raised the internal thermostat inside of me and then when things outside of me didn't match with that it just became that much more clear um and easy to just recognize you know what no that's that's, i'm drawing a line right there Mm mm-hmm and it's cool how how uh, effortless it can become the more that you do do that work on yourself mm-hmm. developing your I like how you call that developing your self concept that's a good way to put it yeah so the last thing i just want to offer to you guys is if you you know as we've been teaching about this and you're like whoa this is like my whole <clears throat> marriage and i'm seeing these patterns everywhere like everywhere right of course like me and danny like our job is to uh, not our job but we love empowering people like our joy joy. (laughs) we really do enjoy it (laughs) we love helping people like take power and responsibility over their emotions it's so incredible to see that change in people that shift in people but also if this pattern has been just kind of like everywhere in your marriage and you're like i can't even think of a time where he wasn't doing all these things and you feel and you notice like yeah maybe this like this has been present. I want you to know that the abuse or words said to you have never been your responsibility. Okay. So he, and he doesn't have to agree with that either. Right. He doesn't have to agree, um, with that. Everything he said was wrong for your healing to start. It could just be really helpful to get a second set of eyes helping you out. Okay. Of course it's nice when a husband can recognize it's been there. And that happens. I think that happens a lot too, where husbands are like, Oh my gosh. Yeah wow, I didn't realize the impact of or how long I've been doing this. Oh, yeah. Pretty much every guy I work with is willing to just mm-hmm. look like, oh, man, am I? Like, they they would even be willing to question, like, did I abuse her in some way? Right? And they would look at it and just, like, like they want to love their wives yeah. the best they can. And I would say the fact <laughs> that if you are questioning it just shows your openness to wanting to recognize and repair anything that's been there. So it's nice to have that spouse's support, but I just want you to know that having the spousal support isn't necessary for your healing to begin, okay? So the abuse or words said to you in your life have never been your responsibility. If this second, if this is happening within the realm of your marriage, you can start with some personal boundaries and just disengage anytime if needed. And third, give yourself time to heal and this could be healing, like healing in a way that looks great for you. Again, I really advise or recommend with professional help. Um, and it's probably not going to be on anyone's timeline. This healing is going to be on your timeline only. And that's okay. It could take longer than he wants. It could take shorter. Doesn't matter. What matters is you. Okay. Being focused on you. And then I think just as you're going through your healing process, like be willing to stay open to deciding what you want for yourself at each stage. It can shift, it can change, and that's totally okay. 
Love it. So good. All right. Take care, everyone. Yeah. And uh, if you are in a situation where, you know, sorting through this stuff, when you've been practicing certain patterns for years or even longer, um, sometimes we have a lot of blind spots, right? And that's that's where having, like Lindsay said, another set of eyes can be so powerful. Having a coach, um, someone who who knows how to recognize a lot of these things and can see it with that perspective where it's just so much more clear and then they can show you your brain in a more clear way than you've ever seen it before. I mean, it just makes all the difference in accelerating this process of healing in uh, developing your self-concept in making your life more what you want it to be for you, right? And um, like Lindsay said, that's <clears throat> that's what we love to do. Um, my, my coach, she said uh, she likes the idea, like, I'm not showing up to work. I'm just showing up and being myself, <laughs> <laughs> right? This is really, uh, we, we've been through our own versions of this stuff. Uh, we know the value of it, and we love being able to uh, walk you through the process that you want for you and empower you to go cre create that life you want for you. So if you are wanting to find out more what it would be like to experience that, sign up for a, a free consult today. Go to our websites and uh, make your appointment, and let's just talk. We keep it pretty chill, pretty low-key. We love connecting with you, though. We do so much. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to get unstuck, move forward, or just feel better about your life and marriage, please reach out to us, whether it's for both of you or just yourself. You'd be surprised how much progress can be made in your marriage even if one of you works on the relationship. Don't wait for someone else to make things better for you. For more information or to find out what it would be like to have a coach, visit our websites, lindsaypullman.com and dannypullman.com. Make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. For freebies or other guides mentioned, check out the show notes. And to our current clients, we love you and thank you for letting us be a part of your hero's journey. Thank you.